Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Going to look at Super Patriot today by Dave Johnson, Eric Larson, Keith Giffen. Uh, before we do, I want to call attention to our October schedule. Cartoonist Kayfabe is going to be on the road a lot in October. We're going to be in Columbus for CXC where we'll be doing panels, selling books, signing books, talking comics. We're also going to close out the month at Baltimore Comic Con. Uh, same deal, comics, art, all that good stuff, but a very fun show, kind of like Heroes Con. So... The birthplace of cartoonist kayfabe. Hope to see a lot of you kayfabers at Baltimore Comic Con. And I will be at the Jacksonville Public Library for part of their comic and zine fest in October. And also uh, their featured lit chat uh, author. So if you're anywhere in the Jacksonville area, hope to see you there. I also want to invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the cartoonist kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon to be notified when we post a new video. It'll give you a leg up on the kayfabe effect, which means you'll be the first one in line looking for whatever books we are highlighting, like Super Patriot. Uh, in some cases, these books disappear quickly or the prices go up. So you want to be the first one in line to pick that up, and that means hit the notification button. Also, let these videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share our videos with other comics fans that haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's one of the major ways that we grow this station, and we appreciate your help on that. But today we are here to talk about Super Patriot. So, Ed, here's my backstory on Super Patriot. My favorite book at the time that this book is published is Eric Larson's Savage Dragon. And Super Patriot is one of the supporting characters, one of the many characters that Eric Larson is uh, bringing to populate his cast of Savage Dragon. One of his childhood characters is uh, the lore goes around Eric Larson and his Savage Dragon. And I just thought, as a character design Super Patriot looked super cool. And uh, whenever this thing started, I didn't know anything about Dave Johnson, the artist. Sure. Uh, probably many of our uh, audience knows him for his cover artwork, um, especially 100 Bullets. I think he did all the covers for that long-running series from Vertigo. Howard Chaykin describes him as one of the greatest cover artists uh, working in comics today. There you go. But when Super Patriot came out, he was new to me. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I just loved it, you know, like I was buying everything that was associated with Larson at the time, and some of it was hit and miss, yeah. you know, I mean, Larson was sort of the, the part I wanted, and then everything else was like, well, let's see how it goes. Super Patriot was really fun for me back then, and I have not looked at this since probably 1993 when it came out, so kind of interesting to revisit it. My memory was off on some spots, but uh, overall pretty happy, so I'm excited to dive into it. And you can see on the covers, one of my takeaways at the time was, how on earth do you draw this kind of like tech? Because Super Patriot would, his arms are turned into guns and things like that. You'd have bullets flying. And it just felt like, I don't know, magic or something. Because with the clean lines, a pretty big contrast to the Eric Larson style. And like I said, not something I was familiar with. So this stuff caught me off guard and really impressed me. Yeah, sure. And it's such a fun character too. And, and the people who draw Super Patriot, almost, almost to a man draws them the same way in terms of like you never draw the same gun hands twice that's that's probably one of the secrets every single panel <laughs> it changes a lot and it's it's clear it's on purpose you know sometimes it'll be weird like warblade knife hands the next time it'll be like a little uzi type hand the next time it'll be 50 guns coming out it changes every time and and that is super rad i mean it, there's no there's no uh 
confusion as to like why McFarlane would choose to like make a toy of that one as opposed to like all these other characters. You yeah, know? I was digging around. It's one of the few uh, toys or figures that I have is the Super Patriot McFarlane toy, yeah. and I couldn't find it for this episode, unfortunately. But it is a cool toy, and it's really it's the Dave Johnson design on that toy. You know, like the boots are sort of the Dave Johnson style and everything. Wanted to point out just the, uh, the the credits list here. So Larson is scripting, but Giffen is doing the plotting and storytelling, which I think are layouts, um, which is mentioned in a text page at the end of this. Dave Johnson, pencil and inking. Laverne Kinzerski is uh, the longtime colorist, did Lobo and did the uh, Trencher series. So I think longtime colorist collaborator with Keith Giffen. And um, let's just kind of dive through it. We're going to go pretty pretty quickly, but... Uh, just, just real quick, though. Man. Like, I like to think... That they're so enraptured in conversation. Yeah, this I, is, this I, is uh, the like, page turn. Like, like I, <laughs> I know that like this is supposed to be a trail or something, but in terms of storytelling, you maybe see that a little bit, push back a little bit. But it really does just feel like let's talk, 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 and then look up. What? I didn't notice that. We had this whole conversation, and, and I just wasn't paying attention to anything. I thought the same thing. <laughs> Great colors, though, man. It is really good colors. You see him doing this gradient of, of the purples in the background. The gradient that never works is whenever you do, like, purple to orange or, yeah. or some kind of complementary colors because you get gray in the middle. This is the way to do a gradient. It really works in that early computer uh, digital coloring era. And I think that it takes about half an issue or so for Dave Johnson to kind of find his footing on the on these characters too. When I started re looking at it, I was like, oh, "I'm not that impressed by this." But as we go along, I feel like he gets uh, he gets where I remember him. This is the stuff, though. Like he is like the rest of those Gaijin Studios dudes. There's there's love of uh, of manga. Absolutely, you can see it in these like the mech yeah. designs. And like if I just saw this in black and white, this piece right here. You could have fooled me and said that Masamune Shiro drew that. I thought that too, almost to the point of I was going to pull out Ghost in a Shell and see if I could find like a swipe for some of this. Because right. this looks really familiar to me. I can't place it exactly, but yeah. Manga is mentioned when they talk about Dave Johnson in the text piece at exactly. the end. This is the kind of stuff I always uh, just, I, I think about little Eddie P and how incensed I would get when I would see somebody draw the characters that, that I love, like, in their own hand, you know, if it wasn't Rob Layfield, and just like that is probably how hair would lay in a domino mask or whatever that kind of head wrap would be, but it ain't the way Rob does no. it. No, and it didn't feel right. I would, I would just be like, it doesn't work. I like the design of this character, the uh, like the scientist that's working on him with stuff plugged into his brain, and he talks Shiro kind of piece. funny that feels very Eric Larson esque. I think the uh, the Youngblood stuff in here might be my favorite Youngblood stuff yeah. in, in terms of like the characterizations and how they're reacting to the different situations that we see them in. The Gaijin guys, I feel like, you know, if we were to like um, list them by ages, I think maybe Stelfreeze might be a top dog uh, of them. And when I see their early works, Pearson, Johnson, I feel like they're really looking up to Brian Stelfreeze. That makes sense. Yeah. I look up to him. I'm not even in the studio. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, his influence is all over Absolutely. these guys. And I think it's specifically Stelfreeze. Yeah, so the storyline here is interesting in some ways. What happens is Super Patriot's almost killed and comes back as more machine than man. And they're trying to, uh, I don't know, f fix him, make sure that he's safe to operate. And any time that he's out in the field and encountering some kind of simulation or super-powered guy, he freezes and sees... Savage Dragon, who had delivered a beatdown in Savage Dragon, and now he has some kind of like 
I don't know, psychological computer block where uh, any superhuman is Savage Dragon in his mind. And he's you a tortured know, figure. You're starting to see some of the cool imagery. This is probably one of the less successful coloring pieces because it just it, it blends together foreground and background. But you can see some of Johnson's black and white work on top of there that looks good. Also feels like Shades of Weapon X, which mm -hmm. would have been you know a year or two before this. And probably everybody's aware of that that's working in comics. I feel like everybody likes Windsor Smith. Like some of this coloring too. That feels like a really different approach to coloring. Even some of the gradients, again, working with the same side of the color wheel, so you don't have that gray in the middle. Right. But yeah, the, the manga stuff is... It was a new... You know, it's not what the other image books looked like either. You know, yeah. it wasn't just Larson that this guy was different than. Yeah, and it's a, it's a foretelling of where, where comics are, are going when, when guys, like the younger guys, like uh, Joe Mad and uh, J. Scott Campbell, come into the mix and kind of push push it further yes. to like the cutesy angles like these guys are the more cyberpunk angle but that's not what's selling what's selling is like the kawaii aspect mm -hmm. and the uh the bad guys are a terrorist organization called i think covenant of the sword and so here we see them part like religious cult and then part cybernary yeah part part uh, totally that manga influence cameron yeah, hodge cameron from hodge. extinction agenda absolutely but man again you can see this characters like this in certain manga at that time that cyberpunk manga so they uh the guy who runs youngblood decides we're sending super patriot in for this and the scientist is like he's not ready for that but uh they send him in anyway to this this island where the terrorist organization is and love this lettering very john workman influence in this lettering absolutely yeah no doubt when you see this kind of thing like that's something that workman established early in his career and that's something i remember from this miniseries um, you know, having not looked at it for almost 30 years, like that lettering was something I remember pretty distinctly. It goes with his uh, gun arm powers. So first fight with the super villain, and we end with the dragon is what he's seeing. And this is our background from Eric Larson about the character. And about Dave Johnson, man, like basically finding him cold. Yes. Kind of fun to see the snapshot of what was being published. Trencher and images of Shadowhawk for Keith Giffen art of that time period. We're going to have to look at this at some point. Absolutely. I got it pulled for future episodes. In issue three of Vanguard, young Joe Matarera doing doing drawings uh, for that. Yeah. Got to be an 18 or 19-year-old. Profit being promoted. Man, this was this was an early book, too, for Image. You know, 93 is just year two of Image. Yeah. I, pick, I picked this miniseries up much, much later, but I remember the ads in, like, you know, the first year's worth of... Uh, the regular series of Savage Dragon. And I think that their creative team is consistent throughout, but this issue's awesome because there is uh, guest inkers on yeah. flashback sequences, Kevin Nolan, Dave Gibbons, Carl Story, and they're doing different time periods, 90, 69, and 41. Yeah, lots to say about that stuff when we get to I'm it. so excited for that stuff, it's really cool. But does the superhero fight scene well enough? You know, all of that works. You see little bits, I think, of manga storytelling, some of the speed lines and how those are being used. You know, something about about the Gaijin guys uh, that, that sort of carries through everybody is, like, not afraid to use black. Mm. Uh, not afraid to think about the planes and have underlighting and, and, and sensible black areas. You know, all those guys have that. They also do a very different approach to line than what was being done by, like, the image guys that's, of all the crosshatching. That's still freeze, man. Like, like I got these, these uh, X-Men indexes where still freeze was committed it might be some of his first marvel stuff and it's these extremely angular thick mm -hmm. geometric sorts of inking 
you know, where you imagine that they're almost tracing with like a rapidograph these shapes and just filling them in to get these weird bold, bold lines. This was neat. This is a uh, coloring the black line. Yes. You don't see a ton of that at this stage. Right. And, and I think this is the only place they do it in this series, but it stood out to me because it's something that I did in uh, Hulk Grand Design. It's something we've talked about doing a lot and uh, really effective for making that black recede behind our foreground character. Yeah, cool depth. I like some of the sky coloring, too. Oh, so. snaps, man. I mean, unmistakable, right? That's We're in the Kevin Nolan territory. Here at Cartoonist Kayfabe, we aren't just making videos about comics. We're making comics themselves, and we've got some big releases coming up this fall. Ed Piscor's Red Room, Trigger Warnings, collecting the second season of Red Room, is available in stores in September, but you can pre-order that now wherever you order books or comics. You want to pick that up now in time for the uh, Christmas rush, because the way printing and paper shortages are, you want to make sure you pre-order this book to make sure you don't miss out, because once these are gone, it may take a minute or two to get the reprints, and you don't want to be stuck this holiday season without it. My Hulk Grand Design book, the retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, will be in stores in December in time for Christmas. Again, you need to pre-order that book now. Let Marvel know how many of these things to print. This is the best book that I have made. Marvel let me design this book. It's going to be a big, oversized, neon green book that you will want to add to your collection. Put a red bow on it, stick it under the Christmas tree for the Hulk fan in your life. And Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive from Image Comics, has been out of print for almost a year. We'll be back in print by the end of August or early September, so... Put that on your pull list now at your local comic shop or online, wherever you get books. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Beautiful, right? I was, I'm such a Kevin Nolan mark. And I mean, like, this was early Kevin Nolan for me. So I, I would see this stuff and just be amazed by it. And you could see, like, he is, he's, like, abiding by some of the blacks that Dave Johnson puts down. But then he's adding more to, like, make more sense of it or something and then you know just redrawing all the faces that's a, the kevin nolan stroke nice storytelling i think by dave johnson and you get a chance to kind of see his his approach although maybe the storytelling's keep giffen right you, because you, it you, did say storyteller like and he's known for doing roughs and layouts basically drawing the comic on type and paper i love it though man the, the uh whoever gets the credit where like the team blends together perfectly yeah. and seeing all the larson regulars through this uh this creative team Man, I'm on board. Like, Hellraiser never looked better. Yeah. Now, this is where the color starts to get janked. That's true. Is it? Yeah, same same colorist. Um, I was thinking that maybe they were kind of rotating through coloring, too. But you can see it's, it's a little different approach, a little different palette. And Dave Gibbons, man, coming, coming on board. That's a pretty giant name to be on your uh, Super Patriot miniseries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like Nolan is also. But, like, this is, like... Like the stuff that you brought to comics, man, was this might be some of the earliest times we saw these kinds of like faux separations with the Benday dots and shit. And even that's done wrong because the dots are at the wrong angle to create those mores, which is incorrect. Um, but they still kept that black line. And like your innovation with Aphrodisiac was to have newsprint news black and to also change the color of the page so that it's not pure white. Pure yeah. white, pure black. So, like, this is half-assed, really, in terms of color. Oops. In terms of color, I mean. I moved, this, the, I moved the camera, so, so I fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
this kind of uh, flashback style, I feel like that's something that we would see a lot, not just the art style, but that idea of like showing, you know, old stories, but, but trying to uh, distinguish them somehow visually. I feel like that's been done a ton. Like that really caught on. I don't know when they started, but this would have been early for me. You know what, dude? Like what if like in say Adobe Photoshop 2.5, there was like color halftone filter that was added that year or something? Could be. It could, it could be, man. I, bet, I mean, I'm sure it's something as simple This is as 93. That. Like this is early, early, early Photoshop. Yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's exactly something like that. We're like, oh shit, you hit a button, you could get this. Even the layouts though feel like they're conscious of that. You know, like going to like that six panel grid structure. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. And and that's that's Keith Giffen. Yes. You know, he comes from that, that area. And now you can see like much more of like a Kirby infusion as we're going back into the early 40s. I don't know if they're time periods. You know, like we're so detail-oriented at this point, you know, looking at this stuff. But you can see what they're going for, and it's kind of cool, uh, you perfected know, to, to by, at least think about this. Yeah, perfected by, you know, Alan Moore because he's like, you know, he's super deep. Like, is this, it's like an SS Savage Dragon? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Again, keeping with that motif that Super Patriot sees Savage Dragon any time he's getting into these conflicts. And uh, the takeaway here is that the uh, the terrorist group ends up getting hold of Super Patriot, and they all refer to him as a weapon. Right. Which I really like. It's, it's uh, it, it adds to what they're going to do. How great is the lighting on this bad guy's face? Yeah, the... Consistently, it, he, he looks cool. So now they're going to take their shot at fixing Super Patriot and then sending him back to, uh, you know, back back to the States, back to their enemy here in the Pentagon and more of the Youngblood stuff. Pretty generic sentry, not not too excited by Sentinel, by, uh, uh, Sentinel. not too excited by his character design, but it'll pay off. And uh, here we are, man. Rebuild that weapon and then return to sender. Big letters page uh, as this series goes on. This is interesting for a time period as Freak Force is building and you can see Super Patriot in the uh, Freak Force ads. So a little bit of foreshadowing what's what's to come. Max all the way to issue five, spawn 15. Treasure Zero, I don't think we saw that issue. Yeah, I don't remember that one. That's great one cover. of the, uh, I was gonna say, one of the great covers from this series. Probably a cover to like the TPB or whatever. Yeah, really good. You know what it, it looks like now that I'm looking at it is the John Buscema How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way Namor. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have to pull it's that out now and see how close it is. Yeah, how about that for your page one? Arms being blown off, holes being blown through these soldiers. Pretty uh, economic storytelling because we go from the previous issue where they're just kind of working on Super Patriot to let's see him in, in action. We don't need to set up. We got it. Like, open the story that way. That's really cool, man. You rarely see a Gatling gun, like, spinning. spinning. It's really good. This kind of two-page treatment, two-page spread as your opener, that was in those uh, Savage Dragons, the original Savage Dragons. And I always thought when I was trying to understand comics, like, that's a brilliant for action comics. It's Kirby. Like, I loved it. It's Kirby, yeah. dude. In 70s Kirby. Absolutely. And splash, again, with your splash page and double page, your lettering totally lifted from like that workman style. Yeah. I think of like the Simonson workman collaborations with that style. Absolutely. And I think workman did some stuff with, uh, I could, I could be talking out of my ass there, but I mean, this, it's so clearly workman where he should get residuals yeah. on, on that, uh, on that sound effect lettering. He should. And Larson was a huge Simonson Mark. Oh, yeah. And he talked about that in Savage Dragon Issues, so no accident that, that we're getting that kind of a reference here. You know, I can almost imagine that being in the notes that uh, Larson's putting together for this. So to test out Super Patriot and whether he's on board, look at the, the razor fingers. That's, oh, yeah. a, that's a cool piece. Like Freddy. He's just this 
cyborg weapon. It's it's really good. But they loose him on one of the terrorist outposts, and uh, one of the terrorists calls, and they're like, "Help! Help! You know, it's shut it down." And they're like, "Nah, <laughs> we're just gonna let this run its course. Send the big bad superhero guy to see if he's over that savage dragon problem." And guess what? He is. So bad news for these dudes. This supervillain is operated by like a little guy inside. Destroys the shell. Little guy's like stomped. <laughs> Use some some toothbrush splatter there to uh, to illustrate Very that. Very important. It's it's great shit though, man. It's really good storytelling for this kind of '90s super violent comics. Bloodstrike Cabot leader coming in. Funny how much like Liefeld uh, characters are part of this story. Yeah, yeah, this is that era where, where they were like, you know, let's 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 create a little uh, little half-ass universe yep. of characters here and have them interact and things. Uh, rarely would they interact in the in the big books, you know, like you have your Savage Dragon appearance or or this or that. But I I feel like it would happen in these sideline series uh, a little more. Um, and this is some of the young blood stuff that I like a lot, where we have like Shaft and Die Hard making their own plans as to how to resolve this. Die Hard has a long history with Super Patriot, as we saw in the flashbacks. So, uh, and also like that was explored even further in Young Blood Strike File. Yeah, the Rob Liefeld pieces. Atomo, right? Right, yeah, that undercarriage shot. Yeah, all those so, all those Atomo shots. Like I feel like that's the that face looking down. Yeah, yeah, like the old man from Domu. Pretty cool cockpit shot too, as we're bringing Super Patriot back to uh, to drop him back on the uh, good guys and let him loose. Good design. The green eyes in front of the American flag face, and just the lifeless circle eyes. You never know what this guy's thinking. First time you saw him in in those Savage Dragon pages, like it's, in my mind, I think of him as a villain. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's another one right out of like a manga, like a Shiro kind of uh, vehicle design. Yeah. Also, Shades of Lobo. Lobo always riding that giant bike. And... <laughs> Keith Giffen. So, shows up. Man, the, the civilian body count. I don't know. I don't know if you could do that now. Oh, sure. And Why still not? have a hero. Still have the guy be. I have no repercussions for the dude that went through and just mowed down. A uh, building's worth of, of innocent people. That is not okay. Love all of the gunfight stuff. The way he draws it, I think, is pretty awesome looking. And it's funny. It's like the little bullets hitting. And then whenever he's firing back, it's half the panel. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good character piece. I would copy this kind of storytelling early on. Just zoom in. <laughs> this is pretty good, too. Blasting his way down through the building. A Kirby cutaway. Never seen a Kirby do it that way before. And uh, here comes Die Hard. He's going to, to end this nonsense. Cuts his way in front of the soldiers, the armored soldiers, the Bri armorines. Briarios. Barrios Valiant's armorines. <laughs> steps in front of those. And uh, this is personal, man. This is like old wrestling grudge matches. Look at this for letters page. Larson would always run a giant letters page in Savage Dragon, so why not carry it over here? And setting up our final uh, showdown in There's issue four. There's that Joe four. Mad, dude. Draws a good fin. Young, young Joe Mad. Oh, yeah. This is before he's really up and running on X-Men. I feel like that's the one issue of Vanguard I have. Makes sense. Which other ones do you need? And our big showdown between the two cyborg-like characters. <laughs> one of those armorines was a private. I saw by by the stripes on his armor. Yeah. <laughs> 
I can't imagine they pay too much attention to that. <laughs> this is a good fight scene. Yeah, man. You can't you can't just like not talk about that. Page three and Die Hard is dispatched. <laughs> a lot of blood for a robot. You gotta put your own guys over, man. Absolutely. But good news, Die Hard just download into the next unit and off he goes. This is a prototype, so I guess he's a little bit tougher and ready to fight. That'll be explored further in Youngblood number six when you see those like big tank like uh, diehards. You're like the uh, you know the the footnotes the yeah, yeah. Uh, Youngblood number six head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a period after the D. Right. He looks so good though as this is unfolding, and these guys are just going back and forth now, unloading on each other. Pretty much taking turns. This is a wrestling match. Yeah. The, you know, the ups and downs and comebacks and everything. And we have, is it Graves, I think, is the leader here? But once they actually get into uh, deployment, I guess Youngblood doesn't have to answer to anybody. And that's what Shaft is telling him, which is part of the, I think this is good Youngblood characterization. Because you see that conflict. And again, the lettering effect now is part of your panel composition. Using a little zip on uh, these computer color comics, you almost never saw that. I thought this was kind of crazy. All the gun barrels... Yeah. being uh, ellipticals. I've never seen that before. Really good again with the bullet holes, both in the ground and in Die Hard, but not enough to keep him down. Mm -hmm. I think I copied this kind of stuff too in some of my submissions. I mean... <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I mean, that's like... We've, we've seen these poses. A little Vogue appearance. Yeah, how about that? kind of like that look of Vogue. Man, I love these razor hands. And I love that it's uh, Die Hard. It's like, kept very mysterious, like what, you know, kind of skin color could be underneath there or anything like that because it's never established. You never see Die Hard. I think that's a good shot. That elbow to the face feels like an elbow to the face. And still using comic book language with the little zappy, zappy lines. You know, not afraid to use the zaps, dude. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's full of that kind of stuff. Even, like, the bullet holes and stuff feel like they're part of that uh, comic book language. Right. Rips off his mask and then holds him down to some reflective surface to make him see that you're a man, not a weapon, not a machine. <laughs> we haven't seen that in Robocop before. <laughs> Nine-panel grid. Pretty cool. Flashbacking through all these different things back to the original Super Patriot. And he's back. That's really maniacal looking. Yeah. There should be a character with some kind of face like that. That looks really good. Maybe for a, uh, a slasher comic, not a superhero comic. And they execute the woman who was in charge of this operation on the terrorist team. Didn't work out right, so uh, you're out. A little bit of a tangent right there. Kind of a Nefertiti headdress. Yeah, I don't know about the design of these guys. That feels like a Gaijin Studios design, like that shape. Right. And Super Patriot is pretty much just leaving the government facilities. Like, he's out. He's had enough. <laughs> Imagine seeing that on our way to Heroes. <laughs> that is the response. Stinkies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then Mighty Man shows up. You need to pick me up in the morning, man. It's ridiculous. The Stinkies Diner Espresso you know, it gives you the jolt you need. You know, I don't want to get too graphic with this, but I see the legs end at the trunks and it's all robot. How much human is in there? Where's that coffee going? Right. <laughs> Maybe it's like, uh, you know, just some, some, uh, valve, some, some oil, some car oil. Could be. 
Looks like he's not even wearing pants in this one. See the metal uh, buttocks sitting on the bar stool. <laughs> do you you know how there's like all these like little academic rules of thumb for, for drawing the figure, dude? Uh, do you know like where like the shoulder blades lie like compared to like the front? Is it like the bottom of the breast? That's, that's something I've been trying to pay attention to a little bit more in my drawing. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't remember ever seeing that spelled out. But right. Probably. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, if, if I'm drawing backs, it's it's pretty kayfabe. I don't know the uh, the been, back muscles I've, I've like been, the front. I've been practicing. I've been practicing a lot to try to just get more solid with it. Man, that's hilarious. I love the reflection, the wavy lines in the coffee mug. So it's a Freak Force prelude, you know, like he's joining Freak Force and uh, good news, that comic is starting up. Well, look, second issue is out in January. Larson's universe is up and running, so... Uh, yeah, see, that, there's evidence right there, man. It, it, issue, issue eight of the of the regular series. And every issue was just building more and more, man. Like, the, you know, you're getting Dart and uh, Brute and Rapture. Yeah, every issue you get one or two new people. I can't believe you can name all those, all those characters. That was there, that's, dude. that's well done. Vic Bridges on the artwork. Kind of a, uh, a little bit of a John Byrne on that art. I was living it, dude. Jeff Matsudo on that piece. Nice. So that is your uh, Super Patriot miniseries. There was a second series that, uh, that Dave Johnson also drew. I think Liberty and Justice may have been the name of it. It featured Super Patriot's kids. One, one named Liberty, one named Justice. Yes. Um, yeah, and, we, and they both, both of them weren't strippers, we saw, by the way. Uh, we, uh, we saw <laughs> them in, uh, in the Mars Attacks versus Image. They were big players in that. Yeah, in that absolutely. Comic. Um, I loved this comic back then, and I'll be honest, it was pretty fun to go through it again for me. I, I think the uh, the artwork, like, this is a good example where you found the right artist for this material. Yeah. Because Super Patriot's not the not the easiest character to draw. And if Dave Johnson's coming in cold, like, what a commitment, you know, to, like, invest in, in a guy who is kind of un untested and give him four issues. Like, there must have been some prelude to this he did other stuff i think he did a book called chain gang at dc so it, it's not his first okay, comic okay. but but you know pretty new to the game and you know certainly not what he would become known for obviously um but i mean this is 93 like we look at that that wizard you know from 95 and they're like well now that the industry's collapsing got a lot of pros out of work in 93 it was like everybody's having talent contests because they need artists on these books you know they're still able to sell them so um yeah, I mean a lot of uh, a lot of Larson's spin-off books cuz I was buying all of them would feature artists that I had yeah. the first time I'd ever seen. Vic Bridges, you know, in Freak Force, he had done some indie stuff, but you know like it was just like find warm bodies that are competent and, you know, and get them on a book. Thinking about it, he really tapped uh Gaijin though. Yes. Cuz like I remember some Adam Hughes works yep. in in that early run. Jason Pearson. Pearson. And we look at that too. So Carl if you're watching Story. this video, go go watch Savage Dragon Blood and Guts to see Jason Pearson doing a really cool Savage Dragon take. Yeah, yeah. I think that Gaijin Studios, Gaijin Studios was. Um, I got into them probably because of Larson and the people that he was employing. They they were a lot of talent in that in that group. Absolutely. Ended up spinning off like a Dark Horse imprint of theirs. Yeah. Um, Probably a couple years after this, but you know, I bought several of those titles too. Same same reason. They they were slick. They were like I said, very different than like that West Coast image style. Absolutely. I mean, they they told stories, but also drew cool. So it's like you get cool drawing, but you can actually have a comic to read, 
rather than just look at the pretty pictures. Yeah. Good to go? Yep. Okay, favors like follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, it's out there. Hulk Grand Design, the collected treasury oversized edition with the fluorescent green cover. You got to order that now. Pre-order it from your comic shop or Amazon, wherever you buy books. It will be out in time for Christmas, but uh, if you want it under your Christmas tree, you got to pre-order it now. So let them know that you want one wherever you buy books. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see a lot more of my comics and art. Red Room Trigger Warnings Trade Paperback in-store September 2022. If you have Red Room, the Antisocial Network Trade Paperback that is available today, uh, you got to have the Trigger Warnings Trade Paperback as a companion piece. It collects the four issues that I put out this fine calendar year, and it's the strongest uh, comics that I've made uh, in my career till the next round of Red Room Comics uh, come out. You can go to my link tree in the description below this video to order and pre-order current and future Red Room comics. And you can uh, hit up my Patreon today and begin reading the next round of Red Room comics that will not hit paper for maybe a year. Three bucks gets you the archive. There are nearly two, 300 pages worth of uh, comics up there on the Patreon as we speak. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, will be on our way. Read more comics.